With the news media reporting increasingly more data breaches and cybersecurity events, and the use of personal data in ways that invade people's privacy, you need to know how to keep your business's data, not to mention your own personal data, safe from hacks and your business operating in the most secure environment. Otherwise, this can not only hurt your business reputation, it can cost you clients. Welcome to Data Security and Privacy with the Privacy Professor. We're here to help you prevent potential damages and losses before the hackers even have your number. Now, here is the Privacy Professor and your host, Rebecca Harold. Hello and welcome to Data Security and Privacy with the Privacy Professor. I'm Rebecca Harold, your host. Thank you so much for joining us today. Welcome to the 82nd episode of my show. Please subscribe to my show on iTunes, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, Player FM, Google Play, Overcast, TuneIn, CastBots, Podtoppin, or whatever your favorite podcast or news app is. Also, please subscribe to my show on the Voice America Business Channel website, and then you will be notified just as soon as each new show is available. Thank you also to all of my 150,000 plus listeners throughout the world. I truly do appreciate you and I'm thankful for you. And thanks also for all your messages. I'm getting so many. I love getting your messages and I apologize for not being able to reply to all of them yet or to answer them all yet through my show or my monthly tips. But do please keep them coming. I'm uh, doing my best to uh, respond to each of you. My December privacy professor tips message was published at the end of November. Please sign up for them. I've provided them for free since 2007, and I've done this in an effort to increase general awareness of information security and privacy issues and also to provide a free awareness publication for organizations to send to their employees. You know, uh, most organizations just simply do not provide enough funding for training in general and for awareness communications in particular. So uh, that's why I'm doing this, and also for the general public to, to learn more about security and privacy. Sign up for them by going to privacyguidance.com and submitting your email in the box in the upper right part of your screen. Today, I am covering a topic that I realized I had not covered this topic for many, many months. In fact, I think it was since way before the global pandemic had hit, and that topic is career development in particular, um, speaking with really outstanding professionals in the STEM fields. And when I'm talking about STEM fields, some of you might think, hmm, what's she talking about? Well, when I say STEM, I'm talking about S-T-E-M-M, which stands for science, technology, engineering, mathematics, and medicine fields. Now, in September of 2020, this year, CompTIA, or CompTIA, as some folks like to pronounce that, they released a research report, and it was based upon 
survey answers from 425 mid to large sized U.S. based businesses. And the report, which is titled State of Cybersecurity 2020, it includes their findings for cybersecurity specialization in particular, which I've always found such a, an interesting consideration. Should people be, a, you know, someone who loves all parts of cybersecurity and privacy and infosec, or should they specialize? There's been a lot of debate about that. Well, the CompTIA report, uh, they actually found that it's a continuing trend this year that uh, has been in place really since businesses started installing or um, naming CISOs that there's a major push for specialization in the field of cybersecurity. For those of you who hear the term CISO, that's C-I-S-O, some folks think of that as chief information security officer. Others think of it as corporate information security officer. Either one is fine, whichever you prefer uh, from my point of view anyway. But uh, they're really finding, CompTIA's findings are that 85% of the participating organizations in this research survey are looking for significantly more to slightly more specialization for their positions in cybersecurity. For those of you in or who are looking at a potential career in cybersecurity, or those of you who may already be in the field, I urge you to go ahead and read that full report. It's free. You can go and download it from their site, and I think you truly will find it useful uh, with your career, you know, at least some of your career decisions. Also, just uh, since we're talking about, or since I brought up CompTIA, I just wanted to um, make an announcement. I'm happy and honored to announce that I was invited to be a CompTIA Advisory Council member starting in 2021. And one of the many reasons I was so honored to be invited to this role was because of the great research they do for various issues within the information assurance fields, such as, you know, the research report that I just quoted. There are also, of course, many other organizations and also many other individuals who are very busy doing research and who are dedicated to raising up those who want to succeed in an information assurance field. And when I say the information assurance field, I'm talking about areas such as information security and cybersecurity and privacy and compliance, uh, IT audit, and so on. You know, I am just so thrilled and honored to be speaking today with not only a very well-known and highly respected cybersecurity expert, but also a professional who is one of the most active champions of others for these information assurance fields uh, that I know of. And, 
You know, she's a very active mentor and probably one of the very best role models in our industry. Today, I'm speaking with Dr. Cheryl Cooper. Dr. Cooper is currently employed with T-Mobile Corporation as a cybersecurity engineer. Dr. Cooper has 20 years of telecommunications and cybersecurity experience. As president of Women in Security Mentors, Inc., Cheryl advocates for women and minorities to pursue careers in cybersecurity and to do that through training and participating in summits. Dr. Cooper brings really unique experience from instructional experience all the way to practical. And Dr. Cooper has spoken at events and conferences, many of them, such as the Women in Telecom Conference, following the event of the September 11th attacks on the World Trade Center with Dr. Cooper speaking about lessons learned from that um, just horrible event. And also, uh, Dr. Cooper has spoken at many, many other events. Dr. Cooper has been invited to speak on a number of industry panels on the cybersecurity implications of COVID-19. In 2019, Dr. Cooper was awarded the Central Exchange YSTEM champion for being a bridge builder who casts a vision for gender equality in STEM. Dr. Cooper holds a doctorate in computer science and is a certified information systems security professional or CISSP. For more about Dr. Cooper on my um, about her career and what she's done, go see her bio on my show website. Cheryl, thank you so much for being my guest today. Welcome to my show. Hello, Rebecca. And thank well, you for that wonderful, and thank you for that wonderful introduction. And thank you for having me today. I am so honored to be here. And I'd also like to say congratulations on your opportunity to be a security advisor for CompTIA. Oh, well, thank you so much. You know, it's uh, it's always uh, great to get those types of invitations. And I knew you've had a lot of such invitations as well. So it just truly is something um, that I think enriches our lives as well as our careers. Now, um, something related to that that leads up to it, you know, a lot of people who listen to this show, and again, I've mentioned it's worldwide, uh, and we have such a wide range of folks, not only in different geographies, but we actually have, Cheryl, um, I'm really happy to know that we have teens, you know, folks who are um, in classes in high school and they have listened to this show as part of their curriculum who are also in their 20s listening to this show as part of their class curriculum in college and then of course who are already working as well as folks who are up in their 50s 60s and beyond and they're interested in a career change and they might want to know more about IT cybersecurity or privacy careers, and many of them find it so very useful to hear how others' lives led 
to being within a STEM career. So if you don't mind, would you please provide maybe an overview of how your life led you to getting in to cybersecurity, you know, and if anything in your childhood led you on this path in some way or maybe your love of STEM? Well, Rebecca, my pathway into cybersecurity started with a career in the military. I started my career in STEM as a radio man. Radio men, back then, we were not gender sensitive, but essentially, it was a computer technical controller in the United States Navy. Um, this was before women served on aircraft carriers, and there were only a limited number of ships that could accommodate women. I decided to pursue a career in the military because even at an early age, I wanted to be impactful. Mm. I felt that serving my country was something meaningful, to be of service. And even as I worked with my recruiter to select my job classification, what would I be doing when I got into the military, I informed my recruiter I wanted a career that I could transition regardless of where I was in my life, whether in the military or as a civilian. That is when I came upon a technology career vocation, and I seized it. As a part of my job, I monitored and responded to outages on the telecommunications network through troubleshooting, uh, rerouting traffic, as well as changing out encryption keys to ensure the confidentiality of government-sensitive and restricted data. Now, after serving eight years in the military, I decided to pursue opportunities in the private sector. And with my love for technology and from what I learned from my military service, I gravitated towards Internet service providers, telephone companies, right? Or in other words, the telecommunication industry. So then around the early 2000s, Big business no longer had the monopoly on technology with business-to-business communication. The technology came to the front door of the consumer with desktop computers, cell phones, and now in modern-day technology in our homes, cars, even with A-L-E-X-A, right, because we don't want to say her name. Because we don't want to activate her in case one of your listeners have her listening in. And we even have medical chips embedded in the human body. So in this phase of technology evolution, the industry needed security people to protect the consumer's privacy and the consumer's data. So essentially... It was my service to the military that introduced me to technology and later just the evolution of the technology ecosystem, right, all those moving parts and pieces when we think of technology that continues my career growth. You know, I'm so intrigued, uh, Cheryl, about being in that type of position in the military, I mean, I can only imagine how 
not only a fulfilling position that was, but also you had so much responsibility based upon, you know, what I heard you describe. I mean, my goodness, um, changing out encryption keys when you know that uh, others from other uh, countries and so on they would love to break those keys, right? I mean, that's just really amazing. (laughs) That's amazing to me. Um, That must have really helped you to deal with like a lot of pressure in working on those types of cybersecurity issues. Absolutely, uh, Rebecca. And when when you were talking about the encryption keys and when we're talking about communication, we're just not talking about government government communications from building to building, but we Mm -hmm. needed to protect the communications that were coming from ships and submarines, right? We don't want our adversaries, such as North Korea, those nation states, China and Russia knowing where our submarines are. So we have to protect that that restricted information. And the way that we do it, not just in the military, but the private sector, is through encryption. And so yes. that is a big part of my job. Yes. Well, my goodness, what a great uh, amount of experience then to bring back with you to, uh, you know, start a civilian career. And you said you were in the military for six years? I was in for eight years. For eight years. So eight years of really solid experience coming back, my goodness, and in an area that is so um, sought after, really, from from what I've seen. Uh, And then you've been in the telecommunications area since then, what do you think has been like your greatest achievement so far in your career with regard to cybersecurity? Oh, wow. Um, that is a great question. You know, when I think about my greatest achievement in my career, it was when I was able to draw upon my education, my experience, titles, the knowledge I obtained from acquiring my PhD, and I walked off the street and walked into the Kansas City Public School District Board of Education, them not knowing who I was, <laughs> and I presented a pr- proposal to the Board of Education to introduce the girls to cybersecurity. I didn't know how I was going to do it, Rebecca. I just asked them, I just said, I'm Dr. Cheryl Cooper, and what are you doing for your girls in cybersecurity? And they said, you know, we could we could do better. So the proposal was approved for me to go out and put together an event for these girls. I bust. 100 girls to Fish Tech, a cyber defense security company in the Kansas City area with a $10 million cyber defense center. I bust these 100 girls out there. It required a great deal of planning and coordination with the school district. 
with the fish tech team. We gave the girls a tour of the facility. We introduced them to various types of secure uh, careers in cybersecurity, from project managers to security administrators, penetration testers, to even being an attorney, right? We need attorneys in this field. I bought in a diverse group of women from the industry, from analysts to VP. I provided food for the girls. We played some real jazzy music for these girls. And what made this so significant? These girls were from the inner city. When the girls arrived, we played Alicia Keys' song, This Girl is on Fire. And Katy Perry's song, You're Gonna Hear Me Roar. The girls mixed and mingled with the women from the industry with one-on-one time. This was an event that targeted inner-city girls, oftentimes, uh, um, oftentimes left behind. This led to me being interviewed by 41 Action News on why this event was significant. This was just a ripple effect that opened doors since I did that event. And since then, I've hosted a number of summits and training events. This was my greatest achievement, my greatest win, because it has allowed me to touch lives. Rebecca is my greatest win because it allowed me to be impactful. One of the girls from that event, we were able to um, have her do an interview with a local radio station. The producer asked her what she enjoyed most about the event. Her response, talking with the ladies. She said, I felt special, so my greatest achievement was touching another person's life, being impactful, and that was my greatest win. Yes. Well, I mean, that has got to be such a great feeling, too, to 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 say you made them feel special. And you know that making someone feel special then comes along with it. Uh, for the event you provided, it probably made her feel special too. In the fact that she's got knowledge now and been exposed to things that gives her more paths ahead than she would, you know, than she had before your event. So that's that's just such a great thing. Absolutely, Rebecca. And you know, I found uh, when I'm talking with youth and. I'm telling them what I do as a cybersecurity professional. They've never heard of it. And this is when I'm talking to you from the from the inner city. So for a lot of these girls, they didn't even know about cybersecurity. They didn't know what it was. One of the girls said, I didn't, I'm in the greater Kansas City area. She said, I didn't even think there was something like this in Kansas City. I thought, this was only on TV. So you see, Rebecca, oh. we have got to do a better job of bringing the industry to the school district. Yes, and I applaud you for that so much. And I, you know, I have, you know, from a personal view, too, I don't know if I told you this, but my father was a superintendent of schools in a very rural area of north central Missouri for decades. And so... You know, um, that's something that uh, 
I know that educators, they deal with limited budgets. They don't have Mm -hmm. funds. And what you brought to them was a type of curriculum and experience that they would not have been able to provide on their own. And I think it's just really, you know, I think it's just really great that you were able to provide that experience for them and let them know that it's more than (laughs) what they see on TV. Uh, Exactly. Hey, even when I was talking about it, I was getting emotional, just reminiscing back on that day when we saw all those uh, buses, those yellow buses pull up to the, to, uh, the fish tech corporate headquarters. It was, it was un, it was unprecedented to see something like that. We even had a local news station come out and cover it to see someone reach out and do this for these girls. So, hey, it has motivated me uh, to continue to advocate uh, not just for women, but the underrepresented communities uh, for STEM and specifically for technology and cybersecurity. Yeah, and you know, not only are you touching people's lives, um, because I, I'm a real big proponent of you know trying to you know help others too when possible, and I just think mm. what uh, what you're doing is so great. Um, but there's something about, isn't there? When people say, because I've had people like I uh, worked at the homeless shelter downtown here in Des Moines and teaching just basic coding, uh, you know, just very basic stuff. You and I would probably say, you know, they probably most people would learn that maybe in in a traditional um, classroom or public classroom, but they just don't get the opportunity. But there's something about that feeling when people ask me, well, why do you do it if you're not getting paid? And it's about more than money, isn't mm. it? Isn't there something about that feeling of knowing that uh, you're being paid by by knowing someone's going to take what they experienced that day and remember it for the rest of their life? I mean, that seems like a, a payment that has no value. Well, you know something, uh, Rebecca, I often get people at, I often hear people say, I don't know what my purpose is in life. Mm. And when you can do something and not get paid for it, that's an indication. That's your purpose. You love it so much, you'll do it yes. even if you don't get paid. Yes. Huge motivator. I I hate to stop us right now at this point, but it is time to take a break from our sponsors. And then we'll come back and, and continue us because I have so many more questions for you. Um Right now, it's time for a quick break to hear from our sponsors. I'm speaking today with Dr. Cheryl Cooper, T-Mobile Corporation Cybersecurity Engineer and President of Women in Security Mentors, Inc. I'm your host, Rebecca Harold, the Privacy Professor. You can contact me with questions and comments about this show, as well as show topic suggestions using my email, Rebecca Harold at RebeccaHarold.com and also through my privacyguidance.com website. Please stay with us. We will be right back after these important messages from my sponsors. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. 
The Privacy Professor is your trusted source for effective information security, privacy and compliance advice, compliance tools, education, consulting, expert witness services, research, report writing, and board positions. Visit us online at privacyguidance.com. Rebecca also provides keynote speeches and her free Privacy Professor monthly tips messages she has published since 2007. Visit privacyguidance.com for help and answers to your questions. The Privacy Security Brainiacs team wants everyone responsible for security, privacy, and compliance to stay up to date with the latest news, risks, and security and privacy practices. Check out their growing library of topics not offered by others. Privacy Security Brainiacs also wants every business to perform automated risk assessments, which are free or value-priced for all types of security and privacy topics. You need to find out more about Privacy Security Brainiacs Visit privacysecuritybrainiacs.com. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit facebook.com forward slash voice America. You are listening to Data Security and Privacy with the Privacy Professor. If you have a question or comment about the program, feel free to send an email to Rebecca Harold at RebeccaHerald.com. That's Rebecca Harold at RebeccaHerald.com. Now, back to Data Security and Privacy with the Privacy Professor. Welcome back to Data Security and Privacy with the Privacy Professor on the Voice America's Business Channel. I'm your host, Rebecca Harold. Today I'm speaking with Dr. Cheryl Cooper, T-Mobile Corporation Cybersecurity Engineer and President of Women in Security Mentors, Inc. And we are talking about careers in cybersecurity and mentoring others and um just uh, figuring out what you want to do with a career in cybersecurity. Now, Cheryl, I know you've uh, you've had such a, a great career with so many experiences. You talked about the military getting you know a taste of not not just a taste of. You got thrown into the the deep end of the pool there with uh, dealing with encryption uh, and uh, keys and so on. But thinking back throughout your career. What's something that you've had to deal with uh, throughout your career or on an ongoing or periodic basis that you'd, you'd really like to see changed in society? Well, Rebecca, one thing that I've seen, and as a woman, I've seen the lack of opportunity for advancement into the C-suite for women. Mm-hmm. Uh, African-Americans represent 9% of the STEM workers, and Hispanics represent only 7% of all STEM workers. And that's statistics from the Pew Research. A qualified individuals of any background or gender or race should get a fair shake when it comes to the hiring process. But unfortunately... That just doesn't seem to be happening in the cybersecurity field. And one unfortunate reason for that lack of representation is that racism still plays a factor. Whether explicit, systemic, overt, or casual, it still exists. 
racism and biasness is still a major problem facing the African-American community in many aspects of their lives. And some of our listeners may wonder, well, why do we need diversity? Why, why does that even matter? Well, the lack of diversity just doesn't hurt the ethnic group, but it does a disservice to the cybersecurity industry. Diversity has been shown to be extremely beneficial to any business as it provides different and unique perspectives and approaches to solving problems. This lack of diversity, it is what weighs on my heart, and it has led me to create the Women in Security Mentors Organization in which we encourage women and underrepresented communities to pursue careers in technology and in STEM. So when I think about what I have had to deal with, not just as a woman of color, but also women who have often fought to be on an equal stand with their male counterparts. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So we as women even have a different plight than our male counterparts in corporate America. You know, something, too, I think it cries out for diversity so much is technology itself. So as just one example, as you were talking about that, Cheryl, um, the problems with the lack of diversity and it also our technology is not as good as it could be with a lack of technology, because just think about artificial intelligence for one, um, AI. Think about all of those algorithms that have implicit bias built into them because there is not diversity involved with the folks who are creating the algorithms, right? Or I don't know, I bet you've seen some of these studies, but I've seen studies where they talk about testing algorithms, but when you look at the test subject, um, the, the demographics of the test subjects, it's like, well, wait a second. These demographics of the test subjects do not, that's testing the AI algorithms, they don't reflect society as a whole. And I, I think, based on what you said, and, and I'll you know uh, get your opinion after I, I see if you agree with me or not, but it seems like without diversity, a, a truly fully diverse work, um, you know, people working in technology and cybersecurity, you, you don't get that um, coverage of ensuring that AI, that IoT devices, that other types of technology and technologies used for security um, actually are effective or accurate for all populations. Um, I don't know. Is that something you kind of see? Rebecca, and I think that you did a study on that when you're testing technology for market launch, and if you're not using a diverse test group, when you launch the product and it is sold to a diverse group, it may not work with the group that was not in your that was not a part of your test subjects. Mm-hmm. And so you may have to pull the product back off the shelf 
to retest to be more inclusive of all populations. Yes. Yeah, I mean, there's just so many reasons, right? It's not just one mm-hmm. reason. It's like many reasons. I mean, just think about it. Um, I don't know if you remember, gosh, 2020 has just been a blur for me, Cheryl, but there was a, when there was a, a time where we had three women astronauts who were going to go on a spacewalk. Remember that? And they had mm-hmm. two, and only one or two could go. And why was that? Because they had, they didn't have the spacesuits that would fit all three. I just was watching that thinking, why does this happen in this day and age? You know, they only created the spacesuits. Yes. <laughs> they only created them for the men sizes. And you would think if uh, you were planning to send women and, you know, uh, I'm hoping to see also folks who are, um, you know, have other types of capabilities who may may not be able to be as mobile as us astronauts. It would be nice to see them to be able to do things in outer space and in spacesuits. You would think that that they would have thought about that, but I don't know. It just surprised me, didn't it, you, Cheryl? That they were just not prepared, and and they didn't find out that they weren't prepared until it was just such a glaring. Example, yes. Yes. <laughs> and you know, yeah, you know like that. Rebecca, going back to your theme for tonight, and when we're talking about career development, uh, mm-hmm. one of those challenges throughout my career and seeing those minorities and underrepresented groups being represented in STEM is one of the reasons why is that we're not introducing these careers to our youth during their elementary or high school years. So when they graduate from high school, they're not thinking about STEM careers. So we've yes. got to do a better job at bringing the industry into the schools. Yes, yes. I wholeheartedly agree. It should be like a partnership, right? Like you helped, yes. you facilitated, you made happen a tech company working with a large um, city uh, school system to, you know, do that. So that is such a great partnership and it should, that shouldn't be something that is, uh, you know, something that's unusual. Certainly I'm, I'm so happy that you did it and it was unusual because you were one of the first to do it, right. Or the first to do yes. it, but it should be commonplace. When are we going to see that commonplace that it's a partnership between, you know, private sector and the public school system. It just seems to make sense. Absolutely. And we're doing better, but there's still a lot more work to be done. Yes. Well, you know, and talking about, um, uh, you know, dealing with this, uh, you know, and the bias and so on, I hear a lot of people now, especially, you know, bias even with age and, we get into a lot of people now have lost their jobs this year. They're in their 40s or 50s or 60s. And, you know, I'm getting a lot of people asking me if it's too late for them to go into cybersecurity or privacy or related fields. I mean, they aren't in fields that are even 
related to it, at least it wouldn't seem to be on the surface. They might be um, school teachers. They might be folks who have been working in retail and all that. But, you know, personally, I don't think it's ever too late to do something that you find interesting. I don't know. Are you talking with a lot of folks that might be coming to you for mentoring who are after a, a second career in their life? Rebecca, it's interesting, and I'm really excited to hear that you're also experiencing that as well. Uh, I often get people, like you said, 40s, 50s, and even 60s looking to transition careers, uh, especially as at this time when we're in a pandemic, and some of these people had to go into the office. They're looking for careers that they could work from home. And they mm-hmm. said, you know, Dr. Cooper, Cheryl, is it too is it too late for me? And I'm of the same mindset that you are, Rebecca, in this season of your life. And every season, we all have seasons of our life. And if you're in your 50s, that's a new season of your life. And you need to ask yourself, what am I going to do with my life at this time? You need to be purposeful about your life. Mm-hmm. You need to look ahead and have vision. And just like, just like when you're driving a car, you don't look at the car in front of you. You look 10 cars down the road. And that's the way we need to be when we're talking about cybersecurity and other STEM careers. Where do I want to be in five years? Where do I want to be in 10 years? You never stop living until you take your last breath. And when we talk about legacy, I mean, Rebecca, you and I, our legacy is not over because we're not done impacting lives, right? Mm-hmm. So, no, you are never too old. Um, you know, we, we all need to step back for a minute and say, what is it that I really want? And if you want a cybersecurity career, go after it. A lot of those jobs now are working remotely. Mm-hmm. And currently, currently, there are 3.1 million cybersecurity jobs. 400,000 of those jobs are in the United States alone. Those jobs cannot be filled alone with people under 40. They're Mm -hmm. going to have to fill those jobs with people in their 40s, 50s, and 60s. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah, and you know, Cheryl, I want to share a really quick story with you, but it's related to that. Because um, you know how the retail stores have kind of just started closing up because of so many people buying online and so on? And it's not just even this Mm. year. It's like in the past decade, throughout the decade. Well, there was this one store. I used to like to go to the store, and I'm not big on going into stores anyway. I tend to be an online shopper, but I liked to go to this one retail store uh, whenever I needed a new outfit, like going to a business, you know, conference, and maybe I want to get a new outfit. Well, I like to go to this one store because there was one person that worked there. I loved how... She um, she always remembered my name. She knew mm. what I was looking for. Well, gosh, this has been five or six years ago. But I remember going in and she was like, uh, Rebecca, I'm just, 
this is the last time I'm going to help you. And I'm like, no. I said, why? And she was very sad. She said, they're cutting my job because they're cutting these um, retail positions. And she says, I just don't know what to do. And she says, that's when she asked me about cybersecurity. So here's someone who knew everything about top of the line fashion, about interacting with people. And I said, you know, I come here because of you and how I know you know me, you listen to me, and you're interested in cybersecurity? Why haven't you told me that before? But anyway, I said, have you ever thought about maybe being like in customer service or a help desk? I said, with the way mm-hmm. you talk with people, I said, there, that is the one of the biggest vulnerabilities, right? When you have a help desk and people can get social engineered so easily, um, when someone's trying to get into their account uh, to get access to the data, I said, have, why don't you think about, you know, going out here, there's a, a community college that you could, you know, take some classes there. The store was going to give, you know, let them go take classes. I said, see if that's something that you'd be interested in. Because I said, you just have such a great way with people. And she did. And I need, now that we're talking about this, I need to check with her. But I haven't checked with her for a couple of years. But, you know, she, that's what she decided to go into a, a a field of cybersecurity where she learned about cybersecurity risk. She was sharp as a tack. And mm-hmm. yeah, and she she knew. I mean, talk about someone who just soaked up the information about how to to identify people who were social engineering. But you know, come to think of it, if somebody's trying to scam you in person in a store, you know, or maybe they're a shoplifter or something and you know how to to spot that, it would make sense that they'd be good in a help desk, right? So, yeah, I mean, go for it. If you you guys uh, out there, if you're looking to to get into cybersecurity and you ha- don't have any background, maybe you have some skills there that relate to cybersecurity. Rebecca, you bring up a good point, and that's something that I point out as well to those individuals who have no experience in the field is look at your soft skills. Are you a good communicator? Do you have good communication skills? Do you have uh, good project management skills? Do you have excellent organization skills? Those skills are needed, and especially communication skills, because as you identify the security risks, you need to be able to communicate those issues up to an executive level where executives understand what the issues are. Yes, yes, absolutely. Well, talking about communicating with folks and giving them advice, please let our our listeners know about your mentoring organizations because I know you have the Women in Security Mentors Organization or WINS, um, and you have others. Tell us about all these um, organizations that you've created that are helping so many people. Absolutely, Rebecca, and I would love to. I am founder and president of Women in Security Mentors 
organization, WINS, Women in Security, and I named it WINS because I said, when we're mentoring, when we're helping, when we're telling another individual, jump on my back, I got you, that we will win when we help someone else. The organization, the mission of the organization is to advocate and encourage for women, minorities, and underrepresented groups to pursue careers in technology and in cybersecurity. And we do that through training and workshops and summits. Currently, if you go out to the website, starting in January, I am offering an IT Pro Fundamentals Test Out Certification training. It's three months long. It's free. And we're offering that through a grant we were able to get. And we're wow. going to cover IT, databasing, networking, and security. Once you pass the certification under this training class, you will be able to go right in and take the IT fundamentals class under the CompTIA certification. So, Rebecca, any job that you go into now, you're going to have to have some type of IT skills. So even if you said, well, I'm not sure if I really want to pursue a career in cybersecurity, this prepares you just with the necessary uh, computer skills to mm -hmm. get a job. Because just about every job that you're going to have, you're going to have to have some knowledge of working with the technology. Yes. Well, what was what is the URL for your website? It's www.com. WINS, W-I-N-S, Mentors, M-E-N-T-O-R-S dot org, www.WINSMentors.org. Great. So, yeah, so folks, another, go ahead. Oh, another organization I just wanted to mention real quickly is Awesome Ambitions. And Awesome Ambitions is an organization that has been around for more than 20 years. It primarily serves inner-city girls, but these are girls from 8th grade to 12th grade, and they help to mentor young women to have successful futures through higher education, career planning, and planning for future preparedness. And I sit on the board of directors for Awesome Ambitions. And they can Great. be found. Yeah, what's their www.awesomeambitions.com. <laughs> and, you know, I love that because you had at Awesome Ambitions a silent auction. I just love silent auctions. And it was an online silent auction this year. And you had some of the, the greatest um, items out there. Now, it was about purses, but I was excited. And I like a nice purse. But I tell you, one of my great loves of my life throughout my entire life, because I was born and raised in, in north central Missouri. So the Kansas City Chiefs. By gosh, they are my team, and I I yell, I scream when they're playing. That's the thing I like. And you had signed photos and signed items from Kansas City Chiefs uh, players, and I'm so happy that I actually got the item from Tyron Matthews. So 
um the yeah the honey badger oh that's awesome (laughs) i love it love it love it and i was so excited (laughs) when that big box i was surprised uh, by all the stuff that they had donated. So, you know, kudos to to your organization for working with the local professional football team there, too, to get them to donate stuff. I just thought that mm-hmm. was really... Thank you. Yes. So do you have other organizations that you are involved with, too, or do you have any specific um, things going on with either of those at right now? in December of 2020 that people should know about? Well, with the Awesome Ambitions organization, uh, currently, well, oh, I probably shouldn't tell. I don't know what some of your listeners may hear, but we're doing what we're calling a holiday gift drop for nearly 100 of these girls. And and since we haven't been able to see them because of the pandemic, what we're doing for the holidays, we're doing a holiday stocking. Um, We get customized water bottles, and we are giving them the inspirational, uh, what do they call it, notes to myself or notes to yourself that say, um, I'm beautiful, I'm awesome, I'm strong. Um, So we're giving them those socks. We're giving them gloves because, you know, kids kids, uh, lose their their gloves every year. But we stop the stuffing with amazing things. We're going to deliver food to their houses and cupcakes. and, um, And that's going to occur next month. Uh, Anybody can join this organization, and since we've gone online with a pandemic, the the members used to be really in that inner city of Kansas City, but now they have expanded out. So have your listeners, if they're interested, I mean, these girls were scheduled to go to Kenya, to Africa, uh-huh. This past June, but the but the trip was canceled, and that's the reason why Awesome Ambitions did the auction to raise money to send these girls to Africa to work with the young women in Africa. When I say young youth, uh-huh. girls in their teens, on how to take care of themselves. Oh, that is so great. So, well, we're actually running out of time. I. I in just one minute time, what is the key point or lesson that you want our listeners to take away from our discussion today? Okay, glad you asked that, Rebecca. The key point I want your listeners to take away for those interested in pursuing a career in STEM is that pursuing a career in STEM can be intimidating, especially for those underrepresented groups that have not been exposed. So my advice is to find a mentor. That mentor can be a teacher, a family friend, uh, a family member. You need someone who believes in you, that can encourage you, that can provide you resources. I also recommend your listeners join an industry professional organization that will allow you to network with those individuals who are already in in the industry. And for those individuals interested in exploring a career in cybersecurity or technology, take an introductory class to learn the basics, the concepts, the terminology, and why the career field is important. A great philosopher once said that a coward dies a thousand deaths before he dies, but the valiant dies for once. Now, what does that mean? It means that we can't allow our fears to hold 
us back from pursuing our dreams. Otherwise, the dreams will die within us. As Les Brown said, a famous speaker, shoot for the moon. Even if you don't reach it, you'll land among the stars. Thank you for having me, Rebecca. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, uh, Cheryl. So today I've been speaking with Dr. Cheryl Cooper, T-Mobile Corporate Corporation Cybersecurity Engineer and President of Women in Security Mentors, Inc. Please send feedback about this show. Would you like to hear more about that, this topic? Uh, let me know. And uh, you can contact me using Rebecca Harold at RebeccaHerald.com. If you cannot make the scheduled debut show on the first Saturday of each month. You will be able to listen to all of the recordings of all my past shows, and you can find them on your favorite app. And also, of course, go to um, the Voice America Business Channel, to my site there, and to my YouTube channel, The Privacy Professor, until our next show. Ask those you do business with and who you work for if they are doing all they can to secure the information you've entrusted to them. And, you know, as we talked about today, don't let be intimidated by security and privacy. If you have an interest in it, then pursue it. You know, it's better to pursue something that you're interested in than always look back and regret that you didn't do it when you first were thinking about it to begin with. Mm -hmm. Be privacy aware in the month ahead. Bye for now. Thank you for tuning in this week. Data security and privacy with the Privacy Professor can be heard live the first Saturday of each month at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Until next time, stay safe. Stay safe.